As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Andrew, hit us with that spoiler cast theme song for this week. Well, I'm not dumb, but I can't understand how he can bend his wrist without cutting his hands. Oh, my Logan. La, 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 Logan. I love it. I was expecting that. That's awesome. Uh, that, is, that is possibly my favorite part of every week's spoiler cast is to hear what song you come up with at the beginning. For the song, for the movie. Yeah. yeah. The theme song for the spoiler cast is never the same because we never want to give it away ahead of time. How does he bend his wrists? I don't know. I have no idea. The uh, claws go from his forearm directly into his palms. He can't bend his wrists. I, yeah. Uh, because Good question. <laughs> Because if you could, like, they yeah. wouldn't be as secure, right? Yeah. Like, it would cut directly through his palm if you raised his hand. Yeah, that's a great point. Mm. Uh, mm. Welcome to the Sif yeah. Pop spoiler cast where the theme song is different every week because we never want to give it away. Uh, please make sure and listen, by the way, to the podcast first before you listen to this. It is meant as an addendum to that conversation. And if you haven't seen the movie... We highly recommend you hold off <laughs> yeah. and listen to this later because we're going to give away everything. Uh, talking about Logan, guys, uh, let's get right into it. What are uh, some of the things that you want to talk about that you didn't get a chance to talk about in the podcast? So the old man um, Logan storyline is phenomenal. And the fact that this is definitely going to be the last time we ever see Patrick Stewart and uh, uh, Hugh Jackman playing these characters unless we, uh, you know, it's a, like a flashback because they die. Yeah, unless it's a prequel mm. or something like that. But see, I'll, yeah. I'll honestly say that Patrick Stewart passing hit me harder than Hugh Jackman's character at the end. Yeah. What about you? Well, there's there's something about his his passing that is made even more uh, devastating by the fact that originally he thinks it's Wolverine doing it. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah, I thought that was that was very impactful, kind of when that happened and the way that that happened. Chris, what are some of the things that, that you wanted to talk about? Uh, I, I like the overall theme of this movie, of the aging of these uh, once indestructible, pretty much, um, uh, superheroes. Um, uh, Professor X has is now gotten into some sort of dementia, and he can't control uh, what he does. And it becomes a frightening type of thing where he basically, like, uh, he, he sends out this signal basically that it just freezes everybody except, except for, uh, Wolverine or Logan, uh, who can, can somehow power through and it leads to one of the best action sequences in the movie. That was the best part of the whole um, movie. Yeah. Um, that, you know, he, he's, you know, he's doing all of this. And then there's the point where they're all just basically like these bad guys are trying to shoot, 
Professor X and, and they're all just frozen. And I love the scene where the one guy at the door, you see his eyes slightly move over. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like I can't do anything more than this. And, <laughs> and you're just sitting there going, you're sitting there going, man, these guys are all sitting ducks for Wolverine. And sure enough, it doesn't disappoint, uh, once he starts like, you know, slicing through all these guys and everything. Same thing goes for Logan himself. He is, there's a, you know, there's a scene at the beginning of this where, you know, he's got, he's got these guys trying to steal the tires off of his car. And, uh, and he's, and he, you know, this is what he usually does. He can go over there and just beat everybody's butts. And like, he's, now he's old enough where, like, the they can hang with him a little bit mm-hmm. and it's off it's actually kind of scary a little bit because he's getting into these fights with six or seven people and they and it's like just one wrong move and then he might be done um and, and, I, and I like the little the just the little quiet moment where he's got two of his claws completely extended and he has to pull out the third one mm-hmm. um you know kind of looking at it you know he just doesn't have the same ability anymore and i, I thought that was a really nice touch yeah, I think overall, as we kind of touch on some overall, you know, story and plot points and those kind of things, the idea of an exhausted and vulnerable Wolverine is really interesting. Uh, the movie doesn't, unless I missed it, it doesn't really go into depth as to why he's dying. He says something about maybe the adamantium is poisoning him. Well, it, or... That's what that's what it is in the comic books. Okay, adamantium is the worst part of him. Yes, it like makes his like bones like indestructible, but at the same time, adamantium is poison. So if you were, there's a actually a comic book where Magneto rips all the adamantium out of him, like to try and kill him, mm-hmm. and he's just this pile of mush. It's really graphic, but all of a sudden he just comes right back and he like fully forms back into Logan with just the bones, and that's when he's actually the most powerful. So the adamantium does hmm. poison him. So, uh, man, that's that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so so he's dying through this, but his body is still trying to heal him. Like you know, mm-hmm. we see him push some bullets out after that first scene, and you know, we we see that his body can. And there's apparently a drug that you know we find out about that they were using in the you know the X twenty three program or whatever, which turns out to be Laura. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a drug from that that allows that kind of puts him on overdrive, but also leads to like a some sort of uh, what would you call it? after effect rage yeah some sort well no no no. i mean like the after like after it wears off when he comes down from that drug he's even weaker than he was before he took the whole thing i thought it was i thought it was just like yes it healed him for a bit but then after it wore off he was able to be hurt again that's what i thought it was Mm, i thought i think because he took so much of it it made him even weaker i thought that's what the movie was saying Mm. but maybe not maybe i'm wrong it is uh it, it is an interesting thing though the adamantium is poisoning him and everything but he he really does live a super long life after getting adamantium into his body i mean if we're going by these timelines and who knows what timeline we're supposed to go on by now but uh doesn't that happen in like the 70s when he gets the first uh you know infusion of that and we're talking about 50 years he's able to like live with that in his body and only because uh, his body is so regenerative uh mm-hmm. that, that he's able to do that i'm sure mm-hmm. what yeah, i'm curious so. about is Laura X23's character she's ha- she has that put into her as a child so how's that going to affect her as she grows up that's what i'm curious about and because since it's adamantium, she can't technically get any bigger than that. So is it adamantium? 
Did, did her, they yeah. specifically say it or show? Okay, because I wasn't sure of that. I wasn't sure because her did. claws aren't, are they? Her claws are just like bone, right? I yeah, thought I, hers were adamantium bone, weren't they? I don't. I or, don't know. I I thought look like she it. was different for some reason. If it if she has adamantium in her, then that means she can't ever grow up because right. metal doesn't grow, so she's going to be a kid forever. <laughs> yeah. unless they keep replacing it. Yeah, we, yeah, one of those yeah. leg braces. Going in for upgrades. That's yeah, right. Uh, hi, mm-hmm. here, here's one thing I want to say. Um, it is widely known how much I hate, I hate trailers and I don't like going to trailers, uh, because of the stuff they give away. One of the things I've started to do, uh, to just kind of see what movies do is to watch trailers afterwards. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. so upset when I watched the trailer for this afterwards. Why? Because one of my favorite parts of the movie is when we learn that she's like him and she is actually like oh, a yeah. mini Wolverine. That was so impactful for me in the movie. And it's just in the trailer. It's just like, you know, it's just that kind of stuff bothers me because I think story-wise it's so much more powerful to what the themes of this movie are to learn that in its proper context and the the way it's – because we learn it with Logan in the movie. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's just that kind of stuff that that really gets me when I I actually watch trailers. Yeah. Well, I think that whenever you cast a little girl like that in a movie, people automatically – if you – for fans of the, like the the source material and stuff, you're like, oh, a little girl in the last Wolverine movie, it's going to be X23 because she is a big part of the X Men universe. So. Yeah, see, I wouldn't have known that. Mm, yeah. So is is this going? Is this movie is the dropping off point of Logan and Professor X or Charles Xavier and all that? Mm-hmm. Um, but is, do you, is is Fox going to start making movies? Um, uh, with these kids that have crossed the border and everything, is that the new X Men? Is there a comic book line that goes through the twenty twenty nine timeline and all that? Is that something they're gonna do? If there is, I'm really not for sure. I'd be interested. Like I thought, I there was no character development for any of those other kids besides her. So no. the next movie would have to just be an origin story for every single one of those other kids. <laughs> well, that it might of- be the other. I'm sorry. That it, it, that might be the other problem I had with the movie was that when they finally get to this, you know, sort of this lost children thing uh, towards the end, they didn't. They, we we know one has like icy breath and one can do like uh, you know the force field thing or whatever, but they didn't really go through all their powers or anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the movie's like two and a half hours anyway, but. Um, it, you know, those, you know, we didn't really care about those kids whatsoever. Yeah. And we really didn't the, I think they're meant to be a conglomerate. We're not supposed to really care about any of them individually. We're just supposed to care about them existing yeah, as a group. The lost ones and as that's, a whole. And that's even, I think that's even more evident in the way they ended up, uh, killing, uh, what's his name with the metallic hand? Yeah, because Hallbrook. It's it's as a group. It's yeah. all of their powers mm-hmm. together, like growing grass over him and freezing him and electrocuting him and crushing him. And it's right. just it's it's interesting because it's like they don't even the movie doesn't distinguish them enough for us to know who they are, even in their you know final act. So I thought that was interesting. Right? Yeah. Any other uh, any other spoilers you guys want to go into? I want to talk about the part of the movie that almost killed like made me cry like in the theater and that was whenever after logan's buried Mm -hmm. x23 just walks over to the cross and turns it on its side to where it's an x i'm like (laughs) that that got me so hard it that almost broke me yeah it's pretty powerful that was powerful man and then of course that was a great scene the uh, the other part that almost made me cry is whenever 
Charles is lying in the bed of the truck and he's bleeding out and he's just patting the side of the truck and he's just like, Sunseeker. It's kind of like his rosebud moment. He's just mm-hmm. like, Sunseeker and that, oh man, it hurt me so bad. So there are a couple things, I'm glad you brought that up because there are a couple things that that tweaked in my brain that we haven't talked about. We haven't talked about X24, which is the, I didn't like. Which is the Wolverine kind of imitation yeah. that is, is it, is it, ro- it's all robot? No, it's, it it's just a, a they manufactured gr- they grew, human? They grew Wolverine as a younger man. Okay. Which was interesting because it's it's pretty much just built the metaphor in the movie that Wolverine, through his, literally gets to fighting his inner demons because that version of Wolverine, X-24, is just everything that Wolverine knows is wrong about him. Mm-hmm. So him getting to battle his inner demon and winning, even though he's not the one that defeats him, it's actually X-23 that kills X-24, he still gets to fight his inner demon, and he comes out an actual human being at the end. Mm-hmm. So I tell you what, if I can make an entire Wolverine out of whatever material I have at my lab, I'm going to make 50 of those Wolverines <laughs> so that I can win. Yeah, so you that would, I can win. You would win. You would win the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a yeah. that's a little convenient that they decided to only make the one. Yeah, but yeah. how did you feel about X twenty four Wolverine being the one to actually kill Xavier and him not knowing? He thought oh, him yeah. thinking it was Wolverine that did it. I thought it was, yeah, that well, is pretty devastating. In the yeah. and we think it. I mean, we don't know at that point anything about X twenty four either. Yeah. So it when, took me a while to figure out what yeah, was going on. I was I was shook. I was like, okay, this is a this he's having a nightmare. I thought it was a nightmare yeah, as well. Yeah, he's having a he's having some sort of nightmare or something. Which is a really interesting thing for a story to do, right? It's kind of a double switcheroo where it plays with our expectations on how movies work. Mm-hmm. And so we expect it to be a nightmare and then all of a sudden it's a night not a nightmare and Professor X actually is dying and then we have to deal with those feelings and Yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. and and I gotta say that the death of everybody in that family shook me too. I was like, yeah. I am not used to innocent bystanders just going down like that. And mm-hmm. when when especially he kills the kid first, right? Yeah, and I was yeah. just like, whoa, what is this movie? <laughs> it's like yeah. really dark. Yeah, that was crazy. And there's a complex moment there with Eric Lasalle at the at the end there too, where he's like, he wants to. You know, he wants to kill Logan and everything because of all the stuff that he's brought to his house mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. everything. And, you, and you're like, he's totally right to want to do Absolutely. this. Absolutely. And, and he does pull and, the trigger. <laughs> yeah, he does. And uh, and it's and it's sort of this one of those things where um, he would have been right to just go ahead and get the and blow him away. And he and and I don't know what I was rooting for in that situation. You know, it, it felt like, you know, he should have been able to get his revenge or whatever, even no matter what you feel about Logan at the time. You know, I would have been fine with him getting a shot off, you know, something that really would have damaged him. Yeah. The, the other part of the Professor X storyline in this that I wanted to touch on, because I was not. It was not obvious to me upon leaving the theater until I started to think about uh, what they had said. But the story is telling us that not only is he going senile and having trouble controlling his powers, but was he responsible for the death of a lot all of the, the mutants? X-Men. He killed them all. Yeah, yeah. I just that yeah. didn't that didn't sit with me. I guess I missed that somewhere oh, really? in the dialogue in the way through the movie uh, until afterwards. But um, did we? 
did we hear the the whys and hows of it though, or are we just assuming that he he had an episode and they all started killing each other because I think of it we're or assuming that he kind of he kind of goes in depth to it right before X twenty four kills him because he's like I remember what happened and I remember what I did and uh, that's and it kind of pieced that right there pieces together at the beginning of the movie whenever Wolverine has him in that water tower he's like you know why I have to keep you in here because of what you did. And he's like, I don't remember what I did. And then he starts, you know, mm-hmm. listing off like Burger King, like drive through mm-hmm. menu. And he's, <laughs> uh, it broke my heart seeing somebody who for 17 years has been the voice of reason. Mm-hmm. And for him to not be there for all these people when they most need him is, it really sets the tone for what this movie's well, going to be. It's such a real thing too, that yeah. so many people deal with, with aging and, you know, uh, we dealt with it with my great grandmother, and now we're starting to deal with it with my grandma. You know, you just you get older, and whether it be Alzheimer's or senility or whatever, it's so difficult to see these people who have been one thing just become something completely different, and it's just it's rough. And so it really captured that well, I think. And another thing it does is, for seventeen years, we've used viewed these people as demigods pretty much, and now this movie humanizes them. Yeah. And that's what's really fascinating for me. Yeah. We've also got uh, some sort of children of men type of thing going on in this, too, because the mutants aren't being born anymore. Yeah. And all of mm-hmm. that, you know, um, that, I thought that was another interesting wrinkle to all this. So these, you know, these aging superheroes are supposed to be the last of their line. Of course, then science comes in and they're making these people. Um, but, uh, that's another little interesting wrinkle they threw into that too. I thought that was fun. Yeah, it is. And I don't think we learned that right away. I think they kind of, we piece that together through maybe the first third of the movie that, you know, kind of what's going on. And I like that. I like when a movie lets us figure stuff out instead of making it, you know, we're not hand fed. Yeah. It's, there's not a ton of exposition in this. It just kind of lets you kind of discover what's going on. So yeah, I really enjoyed that. Well, yeah, and this movie, I mean, if they and, and they could have made this the same length of movie and put all that exposition in, and then we would have been robbed of all the other great moments that were in this. That's what a lot of movies sort of fail to realize about their, you know, we need to explain this and that and the other thing. It's the, those things are what bog down movies so much. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm really glad, like you guys said, that they just kind of left the, just left you to sort of sort it out on your own. Now, Chris, you said something earlier on that really just hit me, and you said that this is two and a half hour film. I didn't notice it. Did you guys notice at all no, that it was long? No, no, I no, thought no, that I it was. I did not. Yeah, like besides that was one little a- pacing lull, but that wasn't you know like me looking at my watch or anything. It was like I didn't realize this movie was that long as I was watching it. Mm-mm. Yeah, there was a point where uh, just before they got to the border. Uh, uh, you know, they're, you know, and that might be the law that you're talking about. It is. He's up there. Yeah. He's up there getting treated and all that and, and everything. And I was like, this should be pretty close to the end. I mean, and then there's that whole like big, huge action sequence that adds another 20 minutes to it. It wasn't until, um, Logan came up on the screen, the title Logan, and I started walking out of the theater and I looked at my phone that I realized that two and a half hours went. Yeah. No after credit scene. Yeah. So, which was interesting. Yeah, I can't think of anything really else. Anything else you guys wanted to chat about? One more thing, and I just realized this Stan Lee's not in the movie. Yay! Oh, yeah. 
Why are you yeah. saying yay? I like I like my little oh, Stanley cameos. No. No, I'm so done with Stanley cameos. I'm not. I I, I find. But, you know what? I I really do think this movie is is so different in that Stanley cameos are always about. You know, you're in the middle of some sort of fun little thing or whatever. This movie's way darker. And uh, to just throw a Stanley, you would have had to do the like first five minutes or something to to really, you know, because yeah. after after once it gets into the the stuff that it wants to get into, if you would have seen Stanley there, you would have walked out of the theater. No, um, I, th- I I know the perfect scene they could have put him in as as after X or Professor X like does his mind thing in the Vegas hotel. Uh, he could have been there in the lobby, like acting like something had happened to him. And then Patrick Stewart's like, I'm sorry, everybody. I'm so sorry. And uh, then you would have seen Stan Lee. They're like, what just happened to me? I'm old. Just something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, sure. I was really uh, surprised. That, I think that's all, but I think that's also a reason why you didn't have an end credit scene, because this movie is such a final, quote unquote, type of movie. You know, yeah. like there's, you know, really in anything that we need to advertise here after they wouldn't, it would be incongruent to do it. I was surprised that uh, Deadpool didn't play with the Stanley ca- uh, cameo more. Like it didn't, you know. Yeah. Like, uh, like he didn't break the fourth wall and be like, "I know you guys are waiting for it, yeah. ladies and gentlemen." Stanley. Stanley. By <laughs> the way, do you want to talk about that the little Deadpool thing? Sure. At the beginning? It was yeah. so funny. Yeah. Oh, man, so I was, good. I was <laughs> Cummings. Not soon enough. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 part that kept getting me is that, you know, while he's in this phone booth, you keep hearing the guy going, "Surely someone can hear me." <laughs> and uh and then yeah, and of course he finally gets before he even gets everything on, the guy's dead. Yeah. And uh you know, he goes over and he's like, "Well, you know, I should have maybe should have called the police yeah. uh, on this one." The phone booth, those those were away in 98. Phone booth. <laughs> yeah so yeah that definitely is gonna uh, should uh whet the appetite of a lot of people hey, looking what, for that one what is up with the firefly shout out in that why were there firefly posters yeah in the background? that was interesting wasn't it yeah those uh, it's all the posters nod. in the background well yeah but that's that's a weird fox nod i you know i i'm just curious i didn't uh, for a second i was like is nathan fillion and then the next deadpool or like what like i was just trying to figure out if there was a shout out to somebody there uh actually I know this isn't the news segment, but uh, David Harbour from like Stranger Things and stuff. Yeah, yeah. They're thinking of him being the next cable or cable in the next film. So interesting. Yeah, yeah. There were a lot of little in jokes and you know references to Logan and the poster for Logan and something about Nathan Summers on the you know. Which I didn't get. Did you guys get that at all? Well, isn't he Scott I Summers' didn't. brother? Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, okay, I think so. so. Nathan Summers is. Um, I think he's uh, Cyclops, right? Scott Summers. Yeah. I think he's Cyclops' brother. Okay. Um, but anyways, oh, yeah. but oh yeah, he's Cable. Is that what it is? Is Nathan Summers Cable? Uh, well, that was my instant Google that came up when I put in Nathan uh, Summers. Cable showed up. Um, I'm showing my so, yeah. X Men lack of knowledge. Yeah, Nathan Summers is Cable. I've just always referred to him as Cable, so I didn't know he was actually. Wow. Okay, then. And he is Scott Summers' brother too, right? Like Cable is is might be his dad. I don't know because Nathan or mm. uh, Cable's a lot older. So is he? Yeah, yeah. I'm the wrong person. I don't know. I'm and now D- I'm the DC guy. And now welcome to the googling X Men facts <laughs> portion of the podcast. I'm glad. I'm I'm glad, and I'm also heartbroken that this is the final chapter for these characters because 
they've been a huge part of my life for a very long time. I don't. It was two thousand whenever. So I was like fourteen whenever the first X Men movie came out, and uh, so they've been a part for like more than half of my life. These characters. Yeah. So it's yeah. fascinating for them to for a, a, a swan song, a beautiful swan song for both of these characters. Uh, it is confirmed that Nathan Summers is the son of Cyclops. Hey. And Madeline mm. Pryor, who is Jean Grey's clone. Wait, he's the son of Cyclops? Son of Cyclops. What? The son of Cyclops and Madeline Pryor, Jean Grey's clone, who had been taken to the future and entered... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> man, when you describe it that way, that's where you, you, you come out with the comic books sounding more soap opera than they ever have. <laughs> you know, well... You know, it's uh, the son that uh, the the clone of the girl that he used to date in uh, the future, and then she went to the future. And yes, all that, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. Soon after Nathan was born, Scott's first love, Jean Grey, returned after being believed dead. So now he has a love. Of tri- course, he has a love triangle with Jean Grey and her clone. So I'm thinking Jensen's going to be coming well, back. Well, you right. can't can't go wrong on that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, so yeah, that'd be like a two and a half sum. I think instead of a yeah, yeah. Or yeah. somewhere between yeah. there. And you know what? That's actually yeah. not the most awkward love connection in the Marvel universe. Too, <laughs> I'm sure so. it isn't. I'm sure Deadpool's it isn't. is a lot no. weirder than that one. So, uh, well, I think that's about it. Other than it was, it was nice. I mentioned this on the way out of the movie. It was nice to finally be revealed that Wolverine is actually a vampire. And the only way you mm-hmm. can kill him is with a wooden stake to the heart. You so. said that to me yeah. as we were leaving the theater. I'm like, oh, yeah. Even though it <laughs> yeah. was like yeah. through his entire body. So you need a big <laughs> stake. I, I did absolutely yeah. love what he said, his last, his last words. So this is what it so feels like? So this is what this feels like. Yeah, I uh, thought that was really uh, powerful. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That was powerful, but still the most powerful thing for me is her turning that cross on its side. Sure, yeah, absolutely. That hit me so hard. So that was the the end of Wolverine, and this is the end of the spoiler cast. Uh, thanks for tuning in uh, again. Uh, subscribe to the podcast to hear both the uh, original thoughts, uh, non spoilery, as well as the spoiler cast. So we thank you for doing that. We'll be back uh, next week at some point, although the timing may be a little different next week because I'm out of town mm-hmm. uh, until next Friday. But we will eventually sit down and talk Kong Skull Island, uh, and I think we're doing that with your buddy Barrett. Chris, so um, yeah, I so, do believe that's what's going on. So we'll have a, a nice. good time. We're having we're having Sincast Month on Sith yeah. <laughs> so it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.